Hello, hello, my lovely Shift Gear listeners. Welcome back to uh, We Eclipse the 20 mark. We're at 21 now, episode 21. We're in like top 0.1% of podcasters now. Like most people have quit like a long time ago. And like, to be honest, we should quit right now. Should we? Just stop while we're ahead. Are we ahead? Let's quit. No, we're not ahead. We haven't made any ground since day one. Uh, welcome back, y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all being here today. Uh, we have some cool stuff that happened on the weekend, uh, Champions League-wise. A lot of new cars. Our first like major post-rotation tournament that surprised, I think, literally everybody. And if you logged into your YouTube in the past three days, like all you've seen is like big YouTubers like clickbaiting like this. This deck won what? And so you've probably seen what happened already because you've been clickbaited just like me. Um, but yeah, some weird stuff happened. Some... Uh, very interesting Lugia stuff. It's a very interesting Arceus stuff. So we'll get into that at some point. Um, how, first of all, how was your week, Karen? What's going on? Uh, let's see. How was my week? Uh, it was a four-day long weekend for me. My company gave us Friday off, so very, nice. very relaxing. Uh, lots of hanging out. I, I started playing Pal World. I don't know if you played that game. Yeah, every time I log into Discord, it says Kieran's playing Pal World. Yeah, so I was playing that. My friends, I made a server. <laughs> it's like... Uh, it's like Legends Arceus, but like better with like more survival aspects. And like all the pals are definitely like Pokemon knockoffs, but the game's fun. So I don't know how much longer I'll and play guns. it. And guns? And guns, yes. Pokemon with guns, <laughs> as they say. It's interesting. Well, they uh, I saw a stat that like two-thirds of their entire player base fell off within like the first two weeks. <laughs> so I don't know how long it's going to be up there. Well, I mean, it's like one of those games where it's like once you're done, you're kind of done. Like it's not like a mm. you play forever type game. So like, yeah, I'm almost nearing that point. But it was it was fun. Decent game. Uh, if you like Pokemon, you'll probably like it. So, I might have to pick it up. Yeah. There's a new Pokemon Presents coming out in a couple of days. Saw I don't that. Know if you saw that. Yeah, next Tuesday. What do you think is going to come out of this? I think I saw that they leaked that they're like making Gen Five remakes, but they're going to make them like Brilliant Diamond and Pearl. So, like, I think people are going to be disappointed. Um, I don't know. Like, they they'll probably release like some spin-off game or something, and then maybe put some of the Pokemon games on Virtual Console. Like, or like the people are saying yeah, they like... might do Legends, like Legends Johto or something. That would be cool. I'm a huge fan of the Legends games. Like, I'd be yep. so happy for that. Um, but what we're probably going to get is, like, Pokemon, like, Barista or something, where we're, like, at a Starbucks working as a Squirtle, handing out coffees or something. That's probably what we're going to get. <laughs> um, my expectations are on the floor. Yeah. Uh, we didn't... Well, we didn't have a game last last winter, did we? Like, in November. Uh, there was, like, Detective Pikachu 2, bro. How could you forget? Big release. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're due. We're due. <laughs> <laughs> we're so due. Hopefully something good comes out of that because, like, I don't know. I'm kind of... I haven't been playing Pokemon recently at all, like, in terms of the games. It's just been kind of boring, so... No, I play, uh, like, every once in a while. Like, I have an emulator on my phone, so I play... I either play Emerald's my go-to or, like, I download, like, these, like, ROMs that, like, custom games people made. Those are always fun. And, and some of those are really hard, too. They are really hard, yeah. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that next week, I guess, when it comes out. But for yeah. now, we can talk about uh, how do you, how do I pronounce this? Fukuoka. Yeah, I think Fukuoka. All right, the I did Champions my best. Uh, my best foreigner impression. Um, so yeah, like this was <laughs> this was not what we expected to say the least. Uh, I think we uh, we expected some of the decks in the top sixteen to be in the top sixteen, but I don't think we expected like it to unfold the way it unfolded. Um, lots of interesting stuff here. Did you want to, like, give your initial thoughts on that at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's always interesting, like, brand new format, because people, like, don't really know what to do. Like, I think, especially in Japan, it's, like, uh, like, they have all those, like, city leagues or whatever, 
it seemed it seemed very chaotic to me. Like there was no consensus mm-hmm. on what the meta was like since they didn't have a big tournament yet. Um, but it seems like a lot of different decks were re- well represented. So it does seem like we're in store for a meta similar to this one, where there's going to be lots of viable decks, um, which I think in general people are going to enjoy, just since like there should be something for everyone. Uh, but yeah, like Lugia won, and like I'm not super surprised. I've actually tested a little bit of new format, and like Lugia was doing really well in my testing. Like Chinchino's like just such a strong one prize attacker. I mean, having the option to one shot everything on a one prize is nice. Um, yeah, the only surprises were to me is Chen Pao didn't make top 16, Golden Go didn't make top 16, and that was the second and third most popular decks in the City League. So I don't know if they weren't played or they just didn't convert well, but that's probably the biggest surprises for me looking at the results here yeah and like the, the my one beef with this is that like we always only get top 16 results yeah. which i know it's hard to compile more than that but this is like sometimes it skews your information so so much i remember like going into was it the laic meta like we had like three tournaments of just top 16 it just did not give us the right ideas of what was actually good and what wasn't so yeah um but i mean like generally like when you're taking data from a 2655 player tournament like you can normally trust that that is pretty good so um yeah we had a, we had a couple charizards a couple artinas things we expected to see um i haven't touched post rotation at all uh, and I, i'm not planning on it either <laughs> so i have not discovered the uh, power of lugia yet or stall but there's uh three stalls in there and lugia obviously won the tournament so it's gotta be pretty good um yeah. just from looking at these lists uh like you said chinchino looks ridiculous that card looks insane and like most of the time, when you see like if I were to see on the on the basis without knowing what Chinchino did, or, sorry did, I would look at Lugia and see a three three line of Chinchino and be like, this is just this is lols. What the hell is this, bro? But it's actually quite good. And the fact that they just took like a pile deck already and added a three three line and still won a tournament kind of goes to show how powerful this card probably is. Yeah, and I mean like they even played Master Ball, uh, which is funny. So. Yeah, some of the things in the list I don't know if I 100% agree with. Like, they won, obviously, so it must be good. But, like, to me, Jacques has been very underwhelming to me because it's, like, mm. you have to Luminion for it. And to Luminion, you normally have to, like, either Ultra Ball or Capture Aroma. Then you need, like, another Ultra Ball to use it effectively. They also didn't play Squawk Ability, which seems very good. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, like, Chinchino's is so strong. It trades up. Like, you trade into Charizard, you trade into Giratina, trade into Arceus. Uh, and also, like, the format now, like, from what I was, like, watching is, like, your Lugias are, like, less threatened to get knocked out right away. So, like, if you, like, have to read the wind or, like, you can't summoning star turn two, like, it's not the end of the world anymore. Like, Charizard can't one-shot you, for example. Arceus can't one-shot you, for example. Uh, the future decks, like, they need to, like, set up first, so. Um, oh, it does seem like the meta is shifting to be decent for, for Lugia here. Um, I don't know, my gut still tells me the deck's inconsistent, and I've played it. Like, it still is inconsistent, but, like, the raw power of the deck is so high. So I think it'll definitely be a contender. Like, at minimum, a Tier 2 deck in the format. Yeah, I think so, too. And then, I mean, like, the one surprise for me, like, when I was looking at this, the one surprise for me was the fact that there's two Lost Boxes and a, and a Tina Lost Box. And upon looking at it, it makes a lot more sense, because, like, to be honest, I, I, I wasn't really, like, too invested on the new cards that were coming out. But, um... Just seeing that, like, uh, escape board like card, whatever that thing is, emergency board, that, like, the synergy with Comfy alone is honestly enough to just kind of propel it in the right direction. Then you add Prime Catcher to Tina, or you add, like, the Battle VIP Pass that can be played at any time. I think it's called po- Friendship Poffin. Yeah. Um, you add those things all together, and then, like, I can kind of understand why this deck is still good. Um, the one card I've seen prominently through all these lists that I'm really intrigued by is Iron Leaves, the Verizian thing. 
and uh, it looks good, man. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if we just looked at like all the results from the city leagues, like in Japan, like it seemed like Charizard was like by far the most popular and like best deck on paper. So it just seems like every deck yeah. needs to have some sort of answer. And yeah, when I was watching the stream, it seemed like almost every deck that can't one shot on its own was playing the Iron Leaves. Like any RCS deck was playing Iron Leaves. Giratina, you obviously play Grass. So, I mean, Lost Zone as a deck is just flexible, right? Like you have the gate, so you can play like any type of Pokemon. So I'm not surprised that the uh, Lost Box decks are, are finding success here. Yeah, and the one card that was also really interesting to me was uh, Airy. The uh, look at your opponent's hand, discard two cards, like the, uh, discard two items. Sorry, that seems really strong. And like, I see like random decks like spicing this in now at this point. So yeah. I can see that card being pretty good. Uh, using your supporter to, to disrupt is not always like ideal, but I think with how powerful that card is, you can kind of just use your supporter to buy yourself another turn, especially if your opponent is like kind of heavily reliant on whatever's in their hand there. So. Um, that card seems good. Iron Leaves seems good. Uh, Stall seems like scary good. Yeah, I um, mean... That's going to be a problem. I think... Uh, I'll start with Aerie, then we can talk about Stall after, but Aerie's interesting yeah, sure. to me, because, like, yeah, kind of what you're pointing out is, like, I don't like, a lot of decks, like, they rely a lot on, like, certain cards. Like, for imagine against Lost Box, you just, like, randomly snipe, like, a Mirage Gate, or against, like, uh, Chen Pao, like, you snipe their, like, like, a Super Retrieval and, like, the Prime Catcher or something. It's, like... You do need to have a deck where, like, you don't need a supporter every turn. But, like, I mean, we're seeing decks like Charizard, like, you get Bibroll, like, you don't need a supporter every turn. Like, Arceus, sometimes you don't need a supporter every turn. So, I don't It kind of seems powerful to me that, like, it almost, like, reads, like, like a 20% chance to almost, like, win the game on the spot. Like, if you snipe something good out of your opponent's hand. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it becomes, like, a splashable supporter in a lot of these decks that can afford to take time off. Um... Uh, you have to find it, which is a bit annoying. Like it's you can't really play it in the flow of the game, like properly. Um, so you almost like need something like a Pidgeot or like RCS or something to get it. But it's interesting. But yeah, moving on to Snorlax, it's like yeah, I think I, I've been discussing this with some people. Like Snorlax just seems like the best deck to me. Like its matchup spread like seems insane. Um, and it's interesting too that like Japan plays twenty five minutes best of one, and like if you tie, it's double game loss, and three still made top sixteen. So. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I'm I'm under the impression that the culture in Japan is is if you like face a Snorlax stall and like you don't have an out anymore, like you're supposed to scoop. I think that's how they win. Um, I played against the Japanese Snorlax player at LAIC, and like anytime he thought that he had the game won, he would basically like infer that he wants me to scoop to him. So I think that's kind of like how it goes. Um, so I think that makes sense. But yeah, like in our format, like 15 minutes, like Snorlax has no problem with that. So. Um, it just seems kind of scary, yeah, because it's like most decks don't have an answer. Like, you add Airy to the deck. Um, they have to play, like, Mantine if they want an Echoing Horn now, but, like, I don't know. That definitely doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem it, the best. But it is necessary. But, yeah, I don't know, just Airy and Misfortune Sisters just seem so good because historically, like, playing as Snorlax, like, the way you win is, like, you hold on to your resources until the perfect time, and it's like you can't just sit on your cards anymore. Like, they're just going to Airy you. And then it's like, if you don't have the cards yet to play, like, they're just going to Misfortune Sisters you. So now it just seems like you can't just sit there and, like, uh, accumulate resources. Like, the only counter, like, in my head seems to be to start playing Minior. So um, I would not be surprised to see Snorlax, like, completely dominate EUIC if people don't tech for it. Uh, yeah. Like, I oh, right off my head, like, sorry, off the top of my head, I think about, like, playing Gardevoir against Snorlax. And, like, one of the main things that I would always do as a Gardevoir player is keep uh, keep Ultra Ball Super out of my hand at all times. 
Um, just in case you draw a man feed, you draw Jirachi, whatever. You don't have to fill your balance. You can just vibe and kill these things. But you can't even do that anymore. Your hand's not safe. Your deck's not nope. safe. Your discard pile is more safe. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if people start just ditching everything in the discard and saying, hey, man, tied me. I'll just collapse it back away. But I don't know, man. You're right. Like, it seems scary strong, and I'm not excited about it. But I think... Uh, I think a lot of people are, might start like pivoting to Tina or pivoting to something that can beat it if it becomes like S tier. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah. Weird side note: I was looking at this uh, limitless page for the Fukuoka tournament, and the fifth guy, his last name is IMAO, and I thought it said LMAO, so I started like dying at like a random time. <laughs> I thought his last name was LMAO, <laughs> but uh, that was like my main takeaway from this landing page. Uh, if nice. that was his last name, I would have flown out to get an autograph. Um, other than that, though, the two lists that I wanted to see the most are the two lists that are not there: the future box and the ancient box. So. Yeah. So you just got to wait on those. But those also seem really interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ancient Box, I think I watched one. I was watching, like, Azul stream. I think there was one um, playing the round. Like, it's interesting. Like, it has a very strong early game just because against, like, Evolution decks, like, you're just taking everything out. It doesn't scale the best, but, like, you are a one prize deck. So as soon as you take, like, a prize lead, like, if you have to start trading, like, two, like, two attacks to, like, kill one two-prizer, two like, into a Charizard, for example. Like, it's not the end of the world. Um, and late game, you can get to enough numbers where you can knock out, like, the basic Vs and EXs that have, like, 220, 230. So um, the deck does seem, like, pretty consistent. Um, and one of them was even playing, like, Great Tusk, like, in their future box, or ancient box deck. So, like, you kind of have, like, a little pivot if you have to pivot your strategy or catch people off guard. So, um, yeah, the deck seems very solid. It's a one prize deck, which I think is fun. Um, I haven't explored it enough. Like, I haven't tried it yet. I've tried playing, like, Roaring Moon, like, EX with, like, Roaring Moon Baby, and that it's been decent for me so far, so I can see why it's good. Um, yeah, what do you think about this yeah. deck? Yeah, it looks cool. Like, the, the one thing that stands out to me is that, like, normally you have these new archetypes, and, like, they're super hyped or whatever, whatever, but, like, they don't initially always make a splash. Um, just seeing that... In this top 16, there's an ancient box and a future box in the top 16 of a 2,700-person tournament is actually, like, really encouraging to me. And I think that there's a lot of, like, there, like you said, there's going to be a lot of space for diversity in this format, which is cool. Like, that, I think that's what we all want. Yep. Um, a lot of space for diversity, kind of another one of those, like, pick your deck, run with it kind of formats. The one thing that does stick out to me on the surface, which I'm a little bit disappointed about, but it does seem that the decks... Um, are fundamentally a little bit less skilled than they are right now. Um, the one thing that I really like right now is that the decks that are, like, good are the highly skilled decks, so, like, it feels like the better player normally does win. Whereas, um, like, in formats past, like, maybe in the last, like, couple of years, like, with Palkia, with Lugia, it didn't always feel that way, and that's uh, that's frustrating a lot of the time for some people. And But but you know what? Like, the, the counterpoint to that is that a lot of new players just will enjoy the game more in those kinds of formats, right? Where you walk in, you can play Luga, you can play Palkia and do well immediately. So, I think there's probably arguments for both. This uh, this format here doesn't look skillless by any means. Uh, definitely, there's still an aspect of skill, but it's not like your Gardevoir versus Tina versus Snorlax Stall or whatever we have now. Where it's like, it feels like a lot of the good players are consistently doing well. So, a little bit of a, a culture shift, I think. Yeah, it seems like the decks are less intricate, I guess, is basically what you're getting at. So, and like maybe yeah. the matchups are less intricate. Um but, I mean, the format still has to evolve, so we'll see. But um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, some other things I noticed here, like a great Tusk Mill made top 16. I think that was a deck that I was kind of excited to see how it was going to do. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of cool. 
that we might have a mill deck. Actually, that's not really cool. People hate playing against mill. I think everyone does. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, just... I looked at the list. Like, it's it's pretty simple. Like, it literally just focuses on, like, trying to tank hits and just making sure you get four off every turn. Um, like, it had, like, four Poke Gear. They had, like, double Palpad. They played four Sada, four of the Explorer card. So, um, that was interesting to me. Um, and second place was, like, an Arceus Alolan Vulpix deck. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's actually a lot of Arceus. So it seems like Arceus might have a little resurgence in this format. Um, Arc Giratina seems to be a very popular deck. We had two of those in top 16. I saw a lot of players playing that. And then, yeah, the Vulpix was interesting to me. I guess it's it's decently well-positioned. Like, into Charizard, for example, they don't really have a good attacker. Um, I think mainly Charizard's the main matchup, but I guess there's some other yeah, cases. Yeah, I think so, but... too. I guess, I guess yeah, Chim I was thinking Pao. about it. I was like, what does Vulpix really stop? But it definitely stops Charizard, and I think that was what was on people's mind going yeah. into this tournament. Yeah, it stops Chen Pao, too. Like, the only thing they can attack with is Iron Hands. Um, I mean, they still mm. two-shot you, because Iron Hands is just 120 twice. Um, no, but it's interesting. Like, it, it, It's nice to see that like anti-meta decks can still do well, uh, if you can kind of predict what's going to happen. Um, I wish there was, like, Pokestats where we could see what these people were playing against. Um, yeah. Also, I think I read like that they can switch their decks like day one to day two in this tournament too. So people might have been playing different stuff uh, day one. Really? I thought that was just in Korea. Uh, I didn't know it was here too. Wait. Champion. Oh, I just looked at Ethan Hegster's Twitter. He said players can change their day their decks from day one to day two. Mm, I trust it. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. That yeah. that probably like. I feel like there's very rare situations where you walk into a tournament, do well on day one, and be like, all right, scrap this idea, I'm going to play something else. But I'm sure <laughs> some people definitely did change. Yeah, exactly. So um, I wish we had more data, like what converted day one and all that, but these definitely seem to be the decks that the Japanese players think are strong so far. Um, and like like we always say, like you have to take this with a grain of salt. I remember last year when mm-hmm. we switched over to rotation, like, the Japanese were saying like Giratina was like tier zero, like nothing came close. And then like the West we played, like yeah. Giratina was like not really a deck. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how EUIC shakes out. Um, I think you have a lot of players who are just practicing for that because we only have really one North American regional left, Vancouver. I think people know what they're going to play. So I think everyone's focusing on EUIC. So um, EUIC should be a really fun tournament. I think there's going to be tons of tons of creativity, tons of different decks. Um, and we'll have it's gonna be really neat. Yeah, we'll have limitless like online tournaments too. Like those are always interesting to me too. The online tournaments to see what comes out of those because those kind of like shape the meta a little bit at the start too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's how I decided my LASC deck. Like a lot of people take a lot of inspiration from those things, and I think, I mean, like we were like super even going into LASC. We're like, hey, Moon is pretty good, and then we looked at limitless data, and it taught us that Moon is not really that good. So I think people learn a lot from like their initial assumptions, like you said. Like sometimes the Japanese say, "Hey, this is tier zero, and it just does not translate." So yeah, that uh, is the age we're in. Limitless tourneys are very helpful. Yeah, I think the other thing too is like people don't know how to build decks at the beginning of formats, right? Like for example, to mm. Roaring Moon, it's like, "Really, okay, this deck kind of sucks." And then like Ross, like kind of refined like the deck, and like now it's literally like the second, third most popular deck. It's like making top cuts, all that. So um, also like decks builds change when the metas are more developed it's it's much easier to build mm-hmm. your deck when into a developed meta since you know what you have to account for um like even take chan pal for example right like it wasn't really that popular of a deck and then like it got refined and then like it became a popular deck so um 
tons of decks are like that. So we might see, like, for example, like a deck that's not here at the Japan Championship, a deck might like flop EUIC, and then it eventually becomes like a tier one or even like tier two deck. So, uh, that's and that's also it, a byproduct of having a five month meta, too. Yeah, right? 100%. Yeah, like it's just you have so much time for refinement. Like the meta becomes so well defined. Like it's very easy to predict what's going to be there. Um, But yeah, like unknown metas are always interesting because if you're a strong deck builder, like this is like when you're at your strongest, when people don't really know what they're doing, um, decks haven't been figured out. So if you put in the time, like early on in the format, like you have a lot of chance for success. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, like, yeah, like you said, like, I wish we had a bit more data to work off of. We're just gonna have to wait and kind of see how this whole thing unfolds, but definitely interesting, like, first couple of exposures to the new formats. Uh, definitely not what I expected, but yep. definitely cool. Um, all right, so let's hop, you want to hop into some trivia here? Sure, let's do some trivia before we talk about the new cards. Yeah, let's do some trivia. Uh, people, you know, people seem to love trivia, so we gotta, gotta keep this, uh, recurring segment. I'm just running out of questions, so I use Google today. Um... So, all the Ultra Beasts, other than Naganadel, have a have a unique feature to them. Okay. What is this feature? A unique feature? Like, like there's something about them that is unique, like not not like unique to only them, but is unique to them as a as a collective. Like, all of these Pokemon have one thing about them that is really really weird. Like them as Pokemon, or just related to the card game? No, it has nothing to do with the cards. Okay, it's okay. more it's in game, okay. like in video game. Uh, like, is this something physical? This is a hard one, is bro. Is this something physical this is a hard about one. them? No, it is not physical. Nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so let me think about the Ultra Beast. You got, like, Celesteela. You have Buzzwool. You have... Uh, uh, I'll give you some. Uh, Buzzwool, Celesteela. Yeah, Nihiligo, Feramosa. Feramosa. Uh, uh, and Stakataka. Hmm... Unique. There's something about them in game that is unique. In game, all oh, of them man. in game. <laughs> this is out of my all knowledge of... <laughs> domain. I've played Sun and Moon. This is this isn't something that you would like play in game and realize. Like this is something that you, like when the Pokemon were coming out, someone would have pointed out like, "Hey, these Pokemon all have this." And then it was like it was like a big thing when they all came out. Like, is this something to do with like their Pokédex entries or something? Something to do with their stats. Their stats. Specifically, their stats. Do their, like, oh, I feel like I might have seen something like this before. Is it, like, their stat totals, like, when you add them all up, are unique? Not stat totals. Is it they it's have... individual stats. Okay, so they have one stat, like, Buzzwell's attack will be, like, the only person with, like, 81 attack or something? Not quite. I'll, I'll, uh... I'll tell you what it is, because I feel like it's quite difficult. Okay. Unless you want to keep guessing. You can keep guessing okay, if you right. want, but so I feel something like... something to do with stats, um... Not to do their stat totals, just their individual, individual stats. Stats. They. Every stat. Like a different? fun fact. Uh, probably, but that's not the one I'm thinking. Right, of. I'm not gonna get this. <laughs> okay, so all the Ultra Beasts, other than the Ganadel, every single one of their stats is a prime number. Oh really? Yeah. How am this I is supposed what... to get that? <laughs> no, that I remember seeing that though. Like that came when it came out, everyone was like, "Wait, what the hell is wrong with this?" And that was like a, a qualifying trait of the Ultra Beasts. Um, that one was hard, but you know what? You're doing this to me because you just know too much about Pokemon. It's not my fault. Fair. Um, okay, I have another one. So, <laughs> actually, no. You know what? You know what? I I'll save this one for next week. Okay. This one's like kind of like even more in left field. So. <laughs> I'll save this one. 
Nice. All right. Good but question. basically, it was. Uh, I'll I'll find you a better one. But basically, it was about Minior and Golurk. Minior. I'll give it away. <laughs> Minior has a higher base stat than Golurk. <laughs> higher base stats. Sorry. Like total. Total. Well, Minior is what? It's like a defense Pokemon. Uh, more or less, yeah. Yeah, I guess what Golurk probably has like low speed or something like. I'm pretty sure it's like really slow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, I'm not gonna be that good if it's like if it's hard video game things, I won't be able to do it. Well, that's that's exactly why I have to ask you them because <laughs> all the card ones you got too fast. <laughs> you gotta come up with more unique card ones then. Yeah, I guess so. I'll, I'll come up with something like crazy for next week that you won't get. That'll be my okay. goal. Sounds good. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about Anil though. The new cards that got revealed. I think there's actually some like very powerful cards that got shown off. So. Uh, have you had a chance to look at them yet? I did. I did. I got a chance to look at a few of them. It's, I mean, I don't know how to phrase it, phrase this, but like, it feels like we're back in like the tag team era where Pokemon just like got bored and they're like, all right, screw it. Let's just make everything OP and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it does seem That's like, kind of what this is. Like there's some, well, the items are very, we'll talk about the A-spec, the reset stamp or whatever, like at the end. But it does feel like the they're going back to giving the items like absurd power levels, which I don't think is good game design. Um, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, we can start with maybe like the Pokemon. Like uh, I think Blood Moon or Saluna is probably the best one they revealed. The EX. Mm -hmm. It's basically Radiant Charizard. And like any deck can use it, right? So it's five colorless, 240 damage as an attack. But its ability is for each prize card your opponent's taking, it costs one less. Um... So yeah, I think this is actually really good. Like, it gives a lot of decks, like, a cheap, efficient attacker. Um, immediately, this seems like it actually could be good in control. Like, we've seen control play Radiant Charizard now to take out threats. Uh, you could play this now if you want to take out, if they try and do a strat where they just have one Pokemon. Um, so, yeah, this is just very splashful. Like, I, I feel like this card's going to see tons of play. What do you think? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Articuno GX, too, where, like, you just use it just to destroy something one time and just get it over with so <laughs> in control makes a lot of sense i think this card is good um i really do think this card is good i think it's it, like you said it's so splashable it's so versatile that like eventually someone's gonna need a card like this and someone's gonna play it and everyone's gonna kind of realize how good it is 240 is like a it's not a weird number but it's it's definitely a number we don't see often so yeah. you're gonna one shot your iron leaves you're gonna one shot your your fish obviously your squawks whatever like all the support pokemon but i don't know if 240 is really gonna splash too too much in the format like 250 was cool because with the belt you one hit ko v stars but 240 eh, i don't know maybe you play a max belt or something like the a spec but i definitely think it's going to be good um i don't know what decks it goes off of off the top of my head maybe like arctina it seems pretty good in arctina just uh just because they kind of run out of steam at the end sometimes um but it, it can also be a control counter in a sense like yeah. after all of your resources are gone like maybe you just bring this thing to the active and use it do well, i think it's the best probably not i guess but... <laughs> control i don't think they're taking prizes <laughs> oh yeah you're right you can't even do that late game <laughs> you're right you're right yeah so it doesn't even work yeah. i guess iron leaves is a better one against control yeah you have like scramble switch built in yeah i think the the design that they're going for is this is supposed to one shot the like basic exs but this thing has 260 hp on a basic so it actually doesn't even one shot itself so um, I feel like we'll probably eventually get like a choice band reprint for EXs, um, and then that'll it'll be better. But yeah, I don't know. Well, we have like Defines Band plus uh, Vitality Band plus yeah. Max Belt. Like, there's a lot of stuff already. So I agree with you. We probably will get one eventually. But right now, I think they feel like it's kind of covered. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope they don't reprint Choice Band. I actually really dislike it as a design card because, like, it's always, like, enabling one-hit KOs. And, like, my biggest gripe with Pokemon is one-hit KOs. So I'm fine with yeah. Defiance Band as our plus 30. Um, hey, you're going to love this new format. This grindy 200 to each other every turn. <laughs> I think that's fine. Like, longer, drawn-out games are better. Like, where you have to make more decisions per match. There's more skill expression, more chances to mess up. Um Oh, I think it's more fun instead of us just going knockout, 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 like every single turn. Yeah. I just hope we don't end up in like back in a format with like Arc Intel mirrors where it's just like actual just garbage yeah, all the time. But that was different because Inteleon just made it so like you don't whiff anything. Like the games are the same every game. You have access to your deck. Um, I mean, because like, it was one, boring. One of the most like people's most favorite like recent formats was like the Sun and Moon format. And like that was a format where it was actually very difficult to one shot things. Um, lots of back and forth. Like Acerola was a card. Like Max Potion was a card. Uh, and I, I thought it was really fun. Like, the games were very... Uh, it wasn't that they were long. It was just, like, they're intricate. Like, there was... You had to plan out turns, like, spread your damage. So uh, I, I generally enjoy when the game is like that instead of just going yeah. back and forth. Um, no, I hear you. Yeah. Cool. The next card I want to talk about... Uh, when I saw Screamtail EX, I'm like, okay, maybe Gardevoir is going to get a nice tool, but uh, I think this card sucks. Do you think it has any redeeming qualities? I don't... Is that the one that where if you go second, you don't get supporters? Your opponent doesn't yeah, get supporters? Yeah, so its attack is, like, if you can only use it if you go second for one energy. It's colorless. Like, your opponent can't play supporters next turn. So I guess the idea is you, good you slow them down. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is, like, let's say you play this in the Gardevoir deck. Like, how am I getting this active turn one if I don't start with it? And then if I'm playing it in another deck, like, maybe if you have a deck, a setup deck, like, you need to slow down your opponent. Like, you don't want them to take a knockout turn two or something. This could be relevant. Um, but I don't know. It just seems too cute to me. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm going first, like half my games, like this is useless. Like you're gonna be forced to play like Switch Cart and Gardevoir to use this. Like yeah. it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Um, do I? I th- there's maybe a niche that can work with it at some point, but I don't know. Maybe not right now. Yeah. Like I, I think if this card ever sees play, it's probably gonna be actually not in Gardevoir. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, next card. Uh, this one I actually think we'll see play the Iron Thorns EX. So its ability is if it's in the active spot, Pokemon with rule boxes don't have abilities except for future Pokemon. So it's Path of the Peak uh, for the future box deck. Um, its attack is 3 energy 140, which obviously isn't very good, but you have like the Iron Crown to like do plus 20. Um, so, Neil, how good does this card seem to you? Uh, definitely seems better now that Escape Rope is, is rotating. Uh, if Escape Rope was in format, I don't think I would like it at all. But it definitely seems okay. Like, I don't know what the application is in terms of, like, do you center your whole deck around it? Is it just, like, kind of a tech card? Like, what is it exactly? Like, I think it kind of needs to, like, mm-hmm. find its identity a little bit. But once it finds its identity, I think it, it could be really powerful. Like, especially with the absence of, like, a Path of the Peak, like you said. Like, there's a lot of room, I think, now for, like, a card like that just to come in and shut down entire decks that just are not prepared for that anymore. So... Um, I mean, you look at like Lugia, you look at some of these other decks like, that are very reliant on abilities. If you're able to take out their one threat and just mitigate all their abilities at one sh- in one shot, you're looking pretty good. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of these cards, like we said, like a lot of these cards are like with a grain of salt kind of thing. Like we don't know how they're going to really impact what's going on. Like we don't know where they're going to go, but there's a lot of creative minds out there that might make some applications for some of these. So I think this is definitely one of those cards. Yeah, I think this one will 100% see play. Uh, we already saw like, right, like one future box make top 16. Like this seems like even if you only play as a one of like an easy slot in. Um, if you lead with it, like it's a bit hard because you ha- you need to use Maridon to energy accelerate. 
But even like in the middle of the game, right? Like let's say you're playing as Charizard and you like you, you like lead with this to take out like the Charmanders, the Pidgeys, what or Bidoofs, whatever. It's like you actually shut off like Charizard's ability when it evolves. Um late in the game, like if you need to like Roxanne, like take a knockout, uh or I don't know, like this seems pretty good if you can take a knockout with it, so um I'm sure this will see play. I don't know how much, but it just seems too good not to see play. Um, yeah, I agree. And if you go first with Future Box, like you can just put this active. True. Sure. Like it's like better Klefki. Yeah, like it just like blocks stuff. So, um, like yeah, imagine how good this thing is. Like if you start with it and you're going second against like your opponent, they need like yeah. Squawk or something. So, uh, yeah, it seems pretty good to me. The other thing is too, like I think it, it checks off the box that Klefki does not in the sense that it just does damage. Yeah, like, that's, that's the big thing. Klefki was yeah, Klefki yeah. was a good card. Like everyone thought Klefki was gonna be good, but then we realized it did like ten damage a turn. We're like, okay, this is not doing anything. A little joust. <laughs> joust. Yeah, so uh maybe you could play Alakazam the X with this. Hey, you know what? It sounds pretty good actually. Wait, doesn't it it's your opponent's Pokemon don't have abilities or yours? Uh, it's or like everything in play. Everything in play. But Alakazam's an attack, mm. not ability, so you can still do it. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm just thinking like support wise. Like you probably want to yeah. run Beebs or something because your deck's just a pile. Oh it only tries to have rule box Pokemon, so it still does. Oh. Yeah, so uh, Okay. I mean Seems it's right. still probably not good, but like <laughs> it's an, it's another option for that like tier four deck. There's gonna be a lot of room for like the Bennett EXs and the Alkazam EXs of the world, I think, after rotation. So yeah. I am excited to that see would that. Be cool. Cool. Um yeah. I don't think there's any more Pokemon, so we can move on to the trainers. Um so we got Enhanced Hammer reprinted. Um mm-hmm. that card's always seen play whenever it's been legal. Uh it does seem though like the current format, like from what I'm seeing, there's not a lot of special energy decks. Um and the decks that like you play special energy like i don't know how much like getting rid of it like matters because i think traditionally when enhanced hammer was a strong card like most of the decks like didn't have as much energy acceleration like attaching like was very important like attaching like double colorless return example was like a big deal so like if you got rid of it like you basically set like wiped out their energy attachment for the turn but like now it just seems like most decks just have acceleration like against lugia it's like they have the energy on board it's like they can just get more or you can just knock them out um I guess maybe yeah. if Mist Energy gets popular and you play Giratina or you play Roaring Moon, like you can get rid of it, that might be a good application. But I don't know how strong. You know what's disgusting though? What is? Like imagine you go second into Arceus and you ear to for a hammer on turn that one. True, like that's game changing, right? Like that that concept to me is like enough to warrant playing two hammers immediately. <laughs> that just seems really really good. Um, the moment that card got reprinted, you saw all the people like flocking to like TCG player and stuff to buy the gold ones. <laughs> I checked, uh, I checked all the Toronto stores. They were gone instantly. So I think there's, uh, going to be a lot of people with gold hammers running around trying to, trying to use them. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a popular card. Yeah. I mean, the card's always seen play whenever it's been legal and it's like, I think it's a fine yeah. card. It keeps things in check. So I'm fine to see that card back. Uh, it's just better than fan of waves, right? So hundred yeah, percent. It's all good. Yeah. And that card like almost never saw play. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we have Perrin. Uh, I don't know. I haven't played the DLC, but I think she's in the DLC. So it's mm. reveal up to two Pokemon from your hand, shuffle them in your deck, then search your deck for up to that many Pokemon. So it's basically Pokemon communication as a supporter. Times two. You, times two if you want it to be. Um, it seems a little bit underpowered to me. Um, like, you have to have Pokemon in your hand, right? And normally, like, if you have Pokemon in your hand, you want to play them. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the decks that normally play cards like these are decks that play tons of Pokemon. So, like, something like Charizard might be able to play this, but I can mean, like, I feel like I would just rather play Jacques at that point. 
Um, or I'd rather just play Arvin to get like the Pokey Puff or whatever it's called, the one that gets two seventy HPs. Um, I could see this seeing play, but my initial reaction is this is too underpowered. What do you think? I also agree that I think Jacques is just better. Um, like, I can't really think of a situation where you have like an evolu you desire an evolution and a basic at the same time. Like, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And like, if you're playing Charizard, like. You can just jock for your evolutions and Pidgeot for your basic anyways if you really need it. So I think I agree with you. Like, there's not a whole lot coming out of that card. Maybe, like, there'll be some, like, niche application for it, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, next we have Budget Champions Festival, the Community Center. Mm. Uh, yes. Once during each player's turn, if that player's already played a supporter, they may heal 10 damage from each of their Pokemon. Uh, this seems horrible to me. I don't know about you. Bad. Bad. Next. I think this is go next. Another, yeah. another one. <laughs> Well, actually, this goes hand-in-hand hand with the community center. So we have Caretaker. Mm. Draw two cards, Emil. Not even draw three. Okay. Draw two cards. But if the community nice. center is in play, shuffle Caretaker back into your deck. Is this the worst combo in like the history of the game? Burn it. Burn it all. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Like, <laughs> maybe in like pre-releases. Yeah, maybe in pre-releases, but like, you're literally bricking your deck by putting this back in. Like, draw two is crazy. This card could say draw three, and it would seize your own play. Yeah, yeah, like, like the the card is bad, and then to make it worse, they're like, "Hey, take it back!" <laughs> like, yeah. you thought you did this once? No, do it again, buddy. Like, it might have been cool if they said like draw four. Maybe you consider it because yeah. community center is a bad stadium. Like, you, you, if they're asking you to put that in your deck to play this, so I don't know. This just seems like filler, waste of space. Uh, Maybe if it was like an A spec, it'd be kind of cool, like an A spec item. Like draw two, shuffle it back, you just keep yeah, the community like, center in play, and you just kind of loop it. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah, if it was an item, one hundred percent, it might see play. Uh, it's actually really funny how like draw two on an item is like so broken and supporter. It's just like horrible. Uh, Out of greed, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, another reprint. We have the lucky helmet. So if this Pokemon is in the active spot, damaged by attack, you draw two cards. Um, actually, let me let's start with you, Neil. What do you think about this card? I'm more of a Rocky Helmet guy. I'm more of a Rocky like, Helmet guy. <laughs> I'm a Rocky Helmet guy. Lucky Helmet is is I. I think there's uh there's definitely applications for it, just like there was with like Gift Energy and like all that stuff. I forget what the other one was. Lucky Energy. Yep. I think there's definitely like applications to this card. I, do I think it's like game breaking for any anything? Not really. And I think with the with the introduction of A specs and the introduction of all these like powerful tools, I think Lost Vacuum is going to see like quite an uptick. So I mean like. You're basically banking on your opponent not playing vacuum, so yeah. I I don't love it, but I do think it might have an application here or there, maybe install or something. Uh, to me, like where I could see this card being played is like it's good against protecting against Iona. So like maybe late in the mm -hmm. game, like you're a deck that doesn't have a draw engine, like you don't play Beverly or something, is like you slap this on your attacker. You get Iona with the one or two, you get an extra two draws. Uh, so if you play like Arvin or you play like Town Store in your deck, like a way to actually find this when you need it, then maybe it makes sense, but. Uh, mm -hmm. overall, it just seems very low uh, power level compared to other tools. And I'm not sure you can, like, I'm not even sure you can function as a non-Iona-proof deck anymore, like, yeah. especially with what we're about to get into with this new A-spec. Like, I don't think you can do that anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about the new A-spec, and, you know, the unfair stamp. If one of your yes. Pokemon is knocked out during your last turn, both players shuffle their hands in their deck, you draw five, your opponent draws two. So, Anil, this is, I think we were, when we were talking about Prime Catcher, we're like, the only way you don't play Prime Catcher is if there's something like more absurdly broken. So let's start there. And you know, like, how broken is this card? Uh, how good do you think it is? We knew it was coming. Uh, we knew something crazy was coming. I didn't think it was going to be this. Uh, this seems 
really good. I don't think I'm going to overreact to the level that a lot of other people are in the sense of people saying, like, yo, this ruins the game. Like, it, it's just part of the game. And I think, I do think Pokemon has gotten to that point, like I said earlier, where they're like, I'm bored. Let's just, like, print the hell out of crazy cars and see what happens. Like, your welders, your ADPs of the world, it definitely feels like we're heading into that kind of realm. But I don't know, man. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. If I think, if we really think it's that good, there's people calling for the car to get banned. Like, all right, let's, let's, Let's take a breath here, guys. <laughs> I think I think we're gonna be all right. Um, is the card good? Yes. Do we already have Iono? Also, yes. Like, is everything gonna be Iono proof already because of Iono? Yes. So, like, I mean, everyth- everything's playing Beebs. I don't think it's gonna matter as much as we think. Yeah. So I think here's why I'm out of this card. It's like it's most important early in the game. Like, imagine you play this after your opponent takes their first knockout. Like that's yeah, like crazy. that's crippling. Like before you have a chance to set up. Yeah. And yeah. I know I've listened to a lot of people and their response is like, oh, just like don't take a knockout if you're not ready for like the unfair stamp. But it's like if you've played Pokemon, you know how important like prize mapping is and like trading. It's like sometimes you can't afford to just not take a knockout. Like your opponent's just gonna like win the trade if you don't. Um and this is like my problem, like not just with this card, but like with a lot of the A specs like I've seen them print is A-Specs inherently are inconsistent cards. Like, you can only play one copy. The only way to pull them out of your deck is to play, like, I- or, uh, Irida or, like, play, like, Avery, something like that. So a card like the Recess Stamp is, like, it's super high variance. Like, if I just draw this when I need it, like, it's, like, super powerful. Like, if your opponent, like, let's say plays Unfair Stamp and, like, they don't play a consistent way to get it, like, I think it's correct to just attack into it. Like, you can't just, like, be like, hey, like, they might have Unfair Stamp, like... I think, mm-hmm. think it just adds a little bit too much variance to the game. Like, when you draw this, um, it doesn't feel that necessary to me. Like, I would have preferred just to see a reset stamp uh, print. This just seems like it has the power to, like, have too much variance. And it's not, like, a fair card to play around. Because, like I'm saying, it's, like, you can't just, like, search it out easily. So if someone's playing this in their deck, like, and they just randomly have it, like, that's just unlucky. But I think decks yeah. that play Arvin or, like, play... Probably not Chen Pao because they need the Prime Catcher, but like Charizard could play this because they have a way to search it. Um, and the draw five part's actually good. Like it's basically a, a Shauna. Like it's a decent like draw support as well. So if you do have to Arvin for this, for example, like you're not completely like wasting your support. Like you're getting to draw new cards as well. So um, the card seems very strong to me. I'm a little worried that there's some broken control combo that eventually is going to happen. But yeah, yeah, the card definitely for I me think... is good. So, like, I think you're right. Like, I think it adds a lot of variance to the game. I would have rather just seen Computer Search or, like, Dowsing Machine or something, for sure. Um, but, like, the other thing is, too, like, the, my, my issue with this card is that you can kind of, like, just get bricked out of the game after turn one or turn yeah. two. And, like, that's already an issue. But the one thing I will say that's a counterpoint to that is that we do think the format's slowing down. So, if you get bricked out of an unfair stamp, you, you take a turn or two, like... Maybe the game's not as over as it would have been in the current format, so maybe that's, like, a bonus to this whole thing. And, like, there are ways to kind of get out of it. Like, you can draw, I don't know, you can draw your beebs, you can draw, like, even, like, Friendship Poffin to keep setting up as you're trying to draw out of it. Like, I think there are ways to kind of slow down the game now. This is probably not a healthy card, as much as I am defending it. It's definitely not a healthy card, and, like, I don't like the card, but I don't think it's as bad as what people are making it. Yeah, I think it's just gonna, it's gonna be one of those cards that feels bad to play against. Like it's gonna suck where mm. you get like reset stamp or unfair stamps and like you lose. It feels unfair, like the card says. It uh, does. It does. <laughs> so yeah, I think the other thing, just in general, that I think I've commented this before, it's like I just feel like the power level they've given the A specs is like way too high. Um, like I don't like I get like it's like a once per game effect, like it needs to be powerful, but like I don't think they need to be as good as they are. 
Like, I think, like, the deck-specific ones they make, like, those are cool. Like, the Drum Awakening, like, I forget what the name is for the Future Box one. Like, to me, that's more where I'd like to see the ice specs, like, give each archetype, like, it's a little bit more juice um, that they can kind of control, build your strategy around. But, like, yeah, general ace specs to me, like, like for example, like, the Neo Upper Energy, like, to me, like, it's a bad card because the other ace specs are better, but, like, that's the power level of an ace spec, like, I would like to see. Like, if you remember when we had, like, yeah. Super Boost Prism Energy, like, that was, I thought, a really well-designed card. Uh, for anyone who didn't play back then, it, it was, like, it counted as four energy if you had three stage twos in play. So, again, like, it's, you build your deck around it type of card, um, and it's, like, not really super broken. Like, you have to do something to get the payoff. It just feels like you don't have to do anything to get the payoff for a lot of these aspects, and the power level of them is so high. You can only play one, so it's hard to get when you need it. So it's kind of just like random when you get to play your aspect, uh, but obviously it's very yeah. powerful when you get it. So I don't know. I'm just not a fan of how they've implemented aspects back into the game. I agree with you, and I think there's going to be a lot of angry people saying, "Hey, I prized my prime catcher and I lost immediately." <laughs> like I think just because it's a one of, and just the way the prize mechanic works, it's just adding, like you said, more and more variance to the game. So. But this is what they want. I think I think this is actually what they want. Like it seems like ever since the calendar turned, like it feels like for the most part they're catering to new players. They're catering to say like, hey, like you can just kind of join in the game and do well. And I think that's good. I think it's good to an extent. Um, but I do think the game is getting very, very big at this point. And I think that more variance cards might end up not being a good thing when uh, more seasoned players are getting frustrated, saying like, I can't beat these people anymore. Like. You might lose season players at the cost of gaining new players. Like just out of those, as like a grand standpoint kind of view. Yeah, I don't I, know where it's going. But I mean, we'll see. I think like there's still a lot of skill expression in the game. But like, yeah, like cards like yeah. this are the type of cards where it's like if you just brick someone, you can just win. Uh, it's like cards like for example like Marshadow. Like I think that's a lot of people's least favorite or one of their least favorite cards ever because like sometimes you would just lose the game because you're playing with like Marshadow, you turn one. Uh, mm -hmm. For people who didn't play back then, it's like an its ability when you play it, both players shuffle their hand, and draw four. So you could people going first could just play it. If you went second and draw a playable hand, like you would just lose on the spot. So yeah. um, it was so stupid. Yeah, just cards like that I don't really like. Like cards that like basically make it so you don't get a chance to play the game um, aren't fun. But like the cards like Iono, for example, like are, and Roxanne are very well designed. So you can play around them. Like you know they're coming. Um, so I don't know. Just not, yeah, not we'll crazy. see. I mean, like, we're, we're big uh, proponents of, like, don't overreact until it actually happens. So yeah. we'll stick by our word here and not overreact, but we don't, uh, we're not a fan so far. We'll say that much. Hey, Master Ball did get included in the deck that won the Champions League, which is kind of yeah. crazy. We were all, everyone was trashing that card. So who, who knows? Um, That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, people overreact to these things. Like, it, I, I understand, like, we're in a market where, like, if you overreact, you get clicks, whatever, you drive engagement, like people doing that on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever, like that's what drives the revenue. But like, I feel like generally, like people just overreact like crazy to everything that comes out. And that's why, like, I've always been of the standpoint, and those who know me know this, where I don't test new format until it comes out, like until I see some data. Like, I don't really care about like these leaks and stuff because I know that like my initial reaction is probably going to be different to my reaction when it actually comes out. So I'm not saying it's useless, but I'm saying, at least for me, like that's how I look at it. And I think that a lot of a lot of this hype, especially now, like in 2024, when like everything is driven through Twitter, everything's driven through YouTube, like people are just looking for engagements a lot of the time. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. It is also just fun to react to the cards and like try and guess what's going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, we just spent 25 minutes doing it ourselves. Like, I'm not going to trash it. Like it is fun <laughs> doing it. Um, and I think people really appreciate like listening to other people's takes on what these cards are. Just so you can kind of base an opinion on it yourself. 
But yeah, I don't know, man. Like you never know what's gonna happen until it happens. And like if Master Ball can win a twenty seven hundred person event, maybe unfair sample will be as bad as we thought. We'll yeah, see. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Emil. I think yeah. uh, that's all the topics we wanted to cover today. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to our boys at Banana Games. Uh, they are uh, they're doing a few cool events this week. Yeah, Karen's got the shirt on. They're doing a few cool events this week uh, and next week and the week after. They got some trivia nights and theme nights. If I went through and explained all of them, I'd be here all day because there's so many. But just go to their website. Uh, I believe it's bananagames.ca. Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Just search up Banana Games. You'll find it. Um, go there. Check out their events. Like, they're different kind of themed events, not really, like, challenges or cups. Like, more so, like, hey, here's this cool format. Come play. And, like, honestly, they're pretty fun. So definitely give it a shot. Um, so thank you to them for sponsoring us, as always. Um, other than that, we're uh, we're chilling. Big chilling. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll have some new cards for you guys next week. Maybe some more uh, more tournament results. Uh, good luck in any of your league cups, your league challenges this weekend. I know there's a lot going on. Um, Karen, I'll let you sign us off. If you have anything cool to say? I, I don't have anything cool to say. No, I don't have anything cool to say. I have a, a work meeting in two minutes, unfortunately. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. I was just about to tell them about how I brought my Bucky's Cup to a league cup, but I'll say that for next no, week. No, All right, go, no, go, 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 go. go see, tell them about the Bucky's, Bucky's Cup. That's important. Bro, I don't know. I just, like, I looked in my bag and I had a Bucky's Cup and I was at a league cup and I filled it with water and it was just the greatest thing I've ever done. And, like, there's no purpose to it, like, for anybody else but me. But, like, just in that moment, I was one with Bucky's. Nice. I still have this on my desk. The shot glass? You yeah. should take a shot during your work meeting. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Like the Bucky shot glass. <laughs> Bucky shot glass. It's awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for being here. Uh, like Kieran, go back to work. Unfortunately, he has a day job and it's uh, gatekeeping us. So, yep. y'all be well. See you next week. <laughs> Later. Peace. <laughs>